future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Everybody, everybody, welcome, welcome. It is Monday, December 19th, 2022. Welcome to Raging Chickens Out to Coop Live. Yes, this is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards and from across the country. You can join us also at the end of our week for our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. And you know, Yes, sometimes you got to check out our Wednesday show with Cyril Michaleko, editor-in-chief of the Bucks County Beacon, but you don't have to wait till Wednesday until we can figure out when the heck our schedules will align. No, we've got it right here tonight, right, on Out to Coop Live. I'm absolutely psyched. Um, tonight we're going to be doing a little bit of the end-of-the-year roundup, uh, looking back at 2022 and ahead to 2023. Pretty cool. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You can also help out the show by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And welcome to our new Mastodon community. Yes, that's right. As, as the part of Twitter explodes due to the wonderful soft hand of Elon Musk, <laughs> right? Well, Raging Chicken is now on Mastodon as well. You can also find us there at, at rcpress at union.place. That's at rcpress at union.place. <clears throat> Hold on a second. All right. And uh, yeah, for more PA Progressive Talk, tune in the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, or Facebook. Subscribe to his podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Head on over to the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And you've got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, the amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast, Rock the House. And they know where the potties are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And on tension, all you gamers out there. Yes. What's going on? Yes, the Game In. That's Game In with two N's. The Game In is a Quakertown-based black family-owned um, gaming store. They're friends of the show. And they've got everything for Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, loads of collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops. And kids get discounts when they get A's in the report card. Can't beat that. Check them out on their Facebook page. Follow them on their Instagram. I mean, follow them on Twitter at The Game In, at The Game In. And if you got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get, shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. And a shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at at Song of Dayman. That's with two N's, at Song of Dayman on Twitter. And for those of you who've been dealing with the school board wars, well, let's not let Paul Martino and his oligarch friends buy our schools and push extremist politics in our community. Raging Chicken has teamed up with Levelfield to launch a truly community-rooted PAC to invest in organizing, supporting local and statewide progressive candidates, and unmasking the toxic organizations injecting our communities with right-wing extremism. We're putting small-dollar donations to work to beat back the power of big money. You can get more information and drop your donation at, at ragingchicken.levelfield.net. 
That's ragingchicken.levelfield.net. Well, yes, this is going to be our last Out the Coop Live of the year, and we've got a good one for you. And this week's show, I welcome Cyril Michaleko back to the show. Cyril, as I said at the top, is uh, editor-in-chief of the Bucks County Beacon, that independent publication that has been at the cutting edge of reporting on people-powered movements in the region. Cyril will join me, joins me tonight, to reflect on the year that was and looking to the challenges and possibilities of 2023. You can check out all the work over there at the buckscountybeacon.com. You can follow Twitter, or you can follow Cyril on Twitter at C. Micheleko. That's C. Micheleko on Twitter. Follow the Bucks County Beacon on Twitter at, um, at Bucks Co. Beacon. That's Bucks Co. Beacon. All the links, of course, will be in tonight's show notes. Welcome back to the show, Cyril. Hey, it's good to be back, Kevin. Man, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's been way too long. It's been way too crazy. Um, and uh, I'm so glad that you could join me for this kind of end of the year roundup. Uh, as I said to you, like I said, I can't think of a, a person I'd rather have on to kind of close out um, the year that this has been. No, I appreciate that. It's great to finally be back. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, one of the reasons I, you know, and I mean that by saying, you know, this, it, I can't think of somebody I'd rather have on because the Bucks County Beacon um, really has just taken off um, and not just in our community, but has been taken off around the country. You know, I don't know if uh, if you realize this or not, but, you know, it's been interesting. Uh, I, I joined, as I said, at the top of the show, we joined over on Mastodon. We have a Mastodon account over there. And I ran into some folks uh, um, as, in the union.place space over there um, that were confronting some of the school board stuff in Los Angeles, right, and different places in California. And uh, I said, hey, you should check out this stuff for the Bucks County Beacon because we've been dealing with this in Bucks County. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've already read all their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so to see the kind of reach that the Beacon is getting because it's getting back to the roots of this local kind of like investigative kind of cutting edge, paying attention to what's happening on the ground, that kind of reporting and commentary. So, I mean, first of all, kudos to you. And I'm just kind of really curious to get your take and the kind of that reflection back on what's happened with the beacon over this past year yeah i mean it's really been quite a year kevin since you know i took over as editor of the beacon in at the end of march and you know to be honest it's just been really inspiring to see how it, it's been embraced um you know first by the local community um and then you know statewide and we've actually grown a national audience um, but within the local community too, it, it's just, they're not just, um, passive parts of the beacon as readers, right. they're actually participating in it as contributors. Um, and we've grown exponentially in the last nine months as a result of that. Um, you know, our work's been cited in the Inquirer, WHYY, Time, Salon, other publications. And I, I think this, um, this proves that building progressive participatory media you know is not only possible um, but it's necessary uh, because yeah. you know we're filling in the holes either coverage wise or ideologically um, you know left by our two shrinking dailies in Bucks County yeah, shrinking is the word for them, too, as well. I mean, the actual the physical size of the physical paper has gotten smaller. Um, I can remember the, the you know, when I get the uh, we get the intelligencer here and uh, I remember, um, you know, started reading the, reading their stuff digitally online during the week and then only to find out that the Sunday paper, um, about half of the Sunday paper was just kind of like 
mashed up articles from the week. Um, so even at that level, like the physical size is smaller, the coverage area is smaller, what they're covering and how they're covering it, perspectives they're covering are all out of there. And the beacon really, I think, has expanded to fill that space. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, and I go back to one of the earliest conversations that we had, I think, on this show, um, what you just touched upon about participatory independent media. And that really has been, you know, in many ways, your roots. Um, I remember you talking about the kind of collaborative projects that you had worked on before and to see that grow from, uh, you know, from this kind of, you know, small little kind of idea of a publication into something where you're getting some just phenomenal reporting, um, really on cutting edge issues that is, I think, bolstering what's happening on the ground with movement. So it's been pretty inspiring on my end, too, as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, sadly, um, you know, a, a, as much as I've critiqued the Carrier Times and the Intelligencer in the past, and, you know, we were talking about this earlier, it's like we really do need like local media and more of it. Um, as a baseline, as a baseline. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and like anti-tax zealot Grover Norquist used to quip, like, I don't want to abolish government. I simply want to reduce it to the size where I can drag it into the bathroom and drown it in the bathtub. It seems like that's Gannett's yep. approach to local newspaper staffing. Um, you could literally like fit the staff of the Courier Times and the Intelligencer probably in a bathtub. Um, but on the flip side of that, if you look at what what's happening at the Bucks County Beacon, um, we're growing, right? Uh, right? So like Ben Waxman, who's the publisher, and Emily Smith, COO, um, you know, they've kind of given me the support and, and, the, and the resources to kind of grow this project out. And, you know, it's been incredible to see the types of contributors who, who've joined this media movement. Um, you know, people like staff writer Jenny Stevens, uh, Jenny Cohn, uh, who's been doing extraordinary work, um, you know, exposing and reporting about, you know, the threat of Christian nationalism, um, yep. not only in Pennsylvania, but throughout the country. We have people like Catherine Caruso and then locally, you know, just a host of, of people, you know, progressive voices who've been doing like the organizing on the ground, um, you know, long before the beacon came around, um, people like Kirsten Sofo, um, longtime peace activist Barbara Simmons, and Steve Nolan, Steve Sakay, Deanna Lagerman, you know, we have Kadita Kenner and Molly Parson and William Horn, yourself, Connor O'Hanlon. And we've also been able to include youth voices as well, like kind of like the next generation that's going to, who are going to take the torch. Um, you know, people like Sarah Zhang, Lily Freeman, Robin Reed and Penridge, um, Alexandra Coffey. Um, and I, I think like having all these voices is, is what's really, it, it's the reason why the beacon continues to grow, continues to kind of really make a difference in the community, you know, w with the reporting and the analysis that we're providing. Yeah, I can't tell, like emphasize enough uh, how great it was uh, to see that you all start bringing in youth voices as part of this is, you know, one of the things that I've always thought about the role of kind of independent media, right, is to basically provide a space where people can cut their teeth on this work. 
You know, I mean, you know, if you want to be a journalist and you want to work for kind of, you know, even whether it's a local paper or a national paper or so on, there's kind of pipelines for that, right? You know, and that's what college is for and your degree is for and all that. And not that folks that work for the Beacon don't do that too as well, but rather, you know, what motivates this kind of, you know, folks that have something to say, right, and want to kind of express it, want to report on what's happening in their communities that doesn't necessarily catch the eye of, say, editors at, say, local or national papers because they're, you know, profit-driven for the most part, right? I mean, they're like, well, that's not going to – people don't want to hear about that. But what you find out is the kind of work that young folks are, people who are new to this, they cut their teeth on this, they see that they can do this, and they build that momentum, and that feeds back into their community and into their movements. It's really, it's really inspiring. Yeah, no, I mean, it's about us building community, um, you know, and I think that's that was one of the, you know, the main goals um, that I had, um, you know, when we first set out is to kind of just help continue to grow the progressive community in Bucks County and, and, and have it coalesce um, and, and just be able to kind of, um, you know, build movements from the bottom up where folks are like working together because, um, you know, a lot of these problems um, and issues that we're facing in Bucks County, um, you know, they're astroturfed, right? Um, right. By dark money, by organizations, right? And um, the only way that we can successfully combat that is, is if we come together, right? And then share our experiences of, of like, you know, what we're facing, our wins, our losses, right? Our disappointments, and just learning from each other in order to kind of like combat this, um, you know, this far right movement that is looking to kind of transform you know, not only the county and our, our, our schools and our society, but like, you know, they, they want to turn back the clock anywhere from like the 1950s to the Crusades, really, if we're being honest about it. Right, right. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, and I, I teach this class called Activist Writing Media, and we look at the relationships between social movements and social movement media, right? The media that's kind of around this and the kind of a relationship between these two. And, you know, there's this book um, by this guy, his name's John McMillan, it's called Smoking Typewriters, right? The 60s Underground Press and the Rise of Alternative Media in America. And in the kind of introductory chapter of that book, um, he talks about the role um, that newspapers and media have played historically in social movements. Um, and we said, what, you know, if you're one of the first things you have to figure out and kind of any kind of movement is how to find each other right? and then how to build around it. And a lot of what happens is that movements would turn to publications, right, whether it was kind of leaflets or pamphlets or whether it's online blogs or so on, precisely because it's a place where community can see itself and see its work and and connect. And in your case, even what you've gotten one that stuff further and to participate in the production of the media itself, which is absolutely critical. But I want to also go to your second point there is that, you know, um, is that reporting on these kind of issues and I, I I thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear you talk a little bit about um, what you saw as some of the, you know, kind of key moments or key stories that um, came out of the beacon over the course uh, over the course of the year. And I don't necessarily mean like, okay, let's pull out just what the best ones are, but ones that kind of like stick out to you for whatever reason. Um, and I, cause I've got some through uh, kind of in my mind too, as well. Sure. I mean, for me personally, I think like one story that, um, you know, 
really impacted me. And, and it was kind of like the first big story we broke at the Beacon when I, after I became editor. And, and that was an article by Linda Lee, um, a former Beacon staff writer, about how Dasha Pruitt's campaign um, to unseat um, Congressman Fitzpatrick uh, got derailed, you know, because they forged clearly, right, clearly forged signatures on their election right. petitions, right? I mean, this is a huge story, especially like never mind the fact that, you know, the GOP has been banging this election integrity drum. Um, and, and, and so I feel like Linda, Linda's reporting and, and, and you know, thank, thanks to a tip from a, a reader who reached out to me, um, but Linda's reporting on that was just really extraordinary. And um, I think another reason why I think it, it, that story is important because it's something that the Courier Times and the Intelligencer refused to report on. Right. right. So they, they, for some reason, election integrity, someone actually forging signatures. We had copies of the petition so you could see. And we talked to people whose, whose signatures were forged. Like that wasn't a story with them. And, and, and it just kind of, again, like, you know, for people that have followed me on Twitter or followed my writings before, like this has been a long standing kind of like, you know, critique of mine with those two papers is that either they turn a blind eye to like right wing uh, corruption and extremism or, or they actually like platform it and, and attempt to mainstream it. Um, so, you know, that was one that, you know, just... I thought really helped like put us on the map. Um, what else? I mean, obviously, like you know, the school board issues ha has been huge with me. Even before I came on at the Beacon, it was something that I was writing for at, um, when I was uh, had my biweekly column at the Courier Times. Right. Um, you know, from Penridge to Central Bucks to Council Rock. You know, what we're seeing now is just um, you know little and. It, I still think they're a minority, but they've been able to seize power, right? You know, they're maybe not a minority in the Penridge School District, you know, but in Central Bucks, um, you know, you have these pockets of extremism. And unfortunately, they're, they're, they're kind of some of the loudest voices. And what they're engaging in is essentially an educational pogrom to erase LGBTQ students, you know, yep. and their like existence from classrooms, right? Um, they, they want to erase their visibility, and they also want to kind of erase them as well as like voices of color um, from not only curriculum um, but from library books, um, as we've seen in their efforts to kind of create policies that allow parents to kind of challenge and essentially ban books from being um, brought into school libraries. Never mind the fact that like if a parent does not want their child to read something, right, or like you know, participate in something in the classroom, they can call the school and say, I don't right. like my kid doing that, right? But that's not good enough. So you have this small group of extremists, and they are extremists. They want to dictate what is suitable for everyone else. Um, and, and that's, you know, that that's obviously going to be a huge story moving forward um, as school board elections um, come up next year. Um, 
you know, we were talking before also, I, re- I really liked Catherine Caruso's story about immigrant rights action. Loved it. It's county. Yep. Um, th- th- it's just this really kick-ass, all-immigrant, all-women-led organization that was formed after an ICE raid in Doylestown in 2017. And they're just providing like tangible a tangible support network for immigrants, uh, but undocumented and otherwise, in order for them to kind of like one, feel welcome, and two, have access to the resources in order for them to kind of like live and build a life and take care of their family and loved ones and feel like they're part of the greater Bucks County family. Um, And, um, you know, before I keep going on, I'll just end with this uh, Jenny Cohn's reporting on just yes. kind of like, you know, the Christian nationalism and the, the, the dominionist Dominionism. Threat, yep. um, you know, that that you can trace, you know, to Doug Mastriano locally in Pennsylvania um, and his little pockets of disciples throughout Bucks County, especially like I think like up in the Penridge area um, is a big kind of like stronghold for him, but like nationally. Right. And, and, and this is like a national kind of movement um, and it's it's a national threat, the Christian nationalist threat. And a lot of a lot of those who are at January 6th and took part in the insurrection, you know, identify as Christian nationalists, um, you know, carrying crosses. You had to, you know, the, the QAnon shaman leading the insurrectionists in prayer, right, in, in the halls of Congress. Um, so, you know, that that's something that I, I think, like, we have to be made aware of because we're seeing this locally in, right. in Bucks County. We, we heard it at a Central Bucks School District school board meeting um, in November, how they how these parents, again, a small yet loud number of parents want God in the classroom at a public school. Um, so this is something that we're going to continue to report on moving forward. Yeah, that's great. I, mean, I think that, you know, um, I was definitely thinking about uh, Jenny Cohen's reporting on dominionism in particular, because I think. You know, I think one of the roles that I've seen emerge from um, from the Bucks County Beacon has also been this kind of contextual reporting, kind of like what Jenny Cohen has been doing, because, you know, we're, when you're in the thick of it, you're you know, I mean, there's these amazing parents and community members that are and, and students and teachers now who are going to the school board meetings, who are really pushing back and organizing there locally. Right. Um, but there's so much there's so many moving parts to, at just at the local level. What uh, Jenny Cohen stuff has been really good about doing is saying, OK, let's let's put this in a bigger context, too, as well. So we've got we can see some of the language and some of the tactics of these organizations so that we can see that ah, we're looking for points of connection. This is not just what's happening here at Penridge, but now we get to see these connections between other districts, too, as well. So I think that has been absolutely fantastic. And the school board reporting, I mean, you just can't beat it. I mean, there's, you know, I think maybe if you put what's what the beacon has done and what Emily Rizzo has done w, down at WHYY. Um, and I know that she's like, you know, been citing your work, <laughs> you know, it's been, which is exactly what you want. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, that's where, that's where people have been able to really kind of, um, make sense of this. Uh, um, Chuck Clifton just, uh, kind of jumped in and said, love the beacons amplification of Peter Green and, um, crim education. Uh, the beacon gives a voice to teachers and, um, and librarians. Absolutely. And, uh, we were talking about this, uh, like beforehand to, uh, tonight too, as well as like, you know, he's somebody, Peter Green, um, who that you want to have kind of doing even kind of more with the beacon too, as well. And it's like that kind of move I think has been spectacular. Yeah, and, and, and going back to like the teachers and librarians, um, just to make a, a quick point, it's just like 
these are the people who should be kind of like leading policies in these school districts. 100%. But somehow, you know, well, not somehow, it just on, on purpose, it's just like they've been vilified, right? Either they're, they're communists, right, or they're groomers. Um, and and it, it's really, it, it's frightening. A lot, one, the rhetoric that we're seeing coming out of these like Moms for Liberty type groups. Yep. Um, and then the, just the chilling effect that it's going to have in education in general, where teachers are going to just feel, um, feel so fearful, you know, for their jobs, if not their lives, right? Because, you know, if, if these people actually believe what they're saying and they're just not, this is not just some kind of like political theater. Like if they, if they believe that like a teacher or a librarian is, is grooming their child because of like, um, you know, a Toni Morrison book in the library, Who's not to say that they're not going to take action into their own hands, right? Yep. Never mind the fact that you have like the PA Family Council and Project Veritas that are like recruiting informants, right, for people to like, you know, report on, you know, them uh, teachers like quote unquote indoctrinating or grooming students into like Marxist or you know gender ideologies, um, which is just complete bullshit. So. You know, we're, we're, we're living in really kind of dangerous times right now. And I think that's why and, and education is like one of the bedrocks of, you know, society and democracy. Right. Yep. Um, and I think that's why, like, the beacon is so invested on school board reporting um, and, and just kind of like defending public education. Because like once, you know, if, if they're if they're successful in just burning down public education, you know, there, there's not going to be much hope for this country. Well, and let me tell you, you know, when it comes to education, too, as well, and we've had, you know, we had this big fight in my own in my own union on this um, when we went on strike in 2016, like ahead of that of that strike. And, uh, you know, I could tell like t- teachers exist in a context where they're being not only are they being vilified. Right. But they're also being told. Right. In many cases, by their own leadership. Right. Um, kind of like un- whether it's union leadership or political leadership. Right. You, you got to be careful what you say because you want to keep the community on your side. And teachers are really kind of like, you know, hesitant to get out to in front because they're worried about their, you know, like you said, worried about their jobs. They're worried about, you know, um, all sorts of backlash and making their kind of lives all that much more work, all the, you know, or worse when they really want to be focused on what's going on in the classroom. What the reporting that you do in the beacon, um, really kind of focusing on these stuff and basically showing teachers a different kind of narrative out there. <laughs> Right. Um, because you don't get the narrative of like, you know, the parents that are really upset that these right wing extremists are coming in. What you get the narrative of are these kind of deep pocketed right wing organizations, dark money funded um, kind of pushes um, that make these headlines. And I think by seeing, you know, as you know, as an educator myself, being able to see a different vision, a different narrative, one that is based upon, you know, more supportive of teachers, more supportive of kind of multicultural education, more supportive of inclusion of all kids in the classroom. That, I think, emboldens teachers. You know, I look at what's happened at Penridge as they're getting read, ready to cut the social studies programs or like not not the all social studies, eliminate a class in social studies. They want to roll back health programs. They want to, you know, um, do all sorts of quicker changes that are based upon this right wing ideology. Now you've actually got 
like the all the social studies teachers showing up <laughs> to school board meetings and then having that kind of, you know, their voices and their arguments get out there. And I think that's part emboldened by the organizing on the ground and then the reporting in places like the Beacon. And I know for me, that has been one of the primary goals of something like Raging Chicken and the podcast is to find folks and then being able to kind of amplify the work that's going on. Right. So you can kind of like create that sense of, yes, people are paying attention. So, I mean, that's that's a huge, a huge gift, I think, you know, to the community um, in kind of our organizing efforts. Yeah. And, 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 and like you said, like there, there's been like great work on the ground, but both in Penridge and, um, you know, in Central Bucks, um, you know, you have uh, groups um, like Advocates for Inclusive Education, um, which is really being uh, driven by. Uh, community man- members in Central Box. Um, you have um, a statewide ed- education voters of PA, and I'll have a column coming out in the next uh, day or two. Um, I spoke with Susan Spica from there, and she, and, you know, they're taking a more like proactive role in just forming kind of like what we we're talking about, like countywide and hopefully like statewide coalitions to kind of like push back um, against this extremist agenda. Um, and, you know, I think the other point I would want to make about this is, um, you know, especially like heading into next year when we have elections going, um, we, we do have to remember that, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure like these extremists are in the minority, right? Now, I know like the Bucks GOP has been like radicalizing over the, like the last 10 years, but I, I think like there's a possibility for folks to, um, to build bipartisan coalitions of people who kind of like who, who get it right who, who who respect education who understand the worth of exposing um, you know students to different ideas um, and and to different kind of critiques or viewpoints of history right because there is no just like one version of history right like there's right. a history of black america that the way they kind of like perceive you know what happened during the civil rights era before then um you know getting the perspectives of native americans and and their history in the united states um and and just the kind of like the the history of like white America as well, right? You know, and so like, if you're not including like all these voices, like you're not creating like well-rounded students, let alone like well-rounded like human beings and like citizens of the country. Um, You know, and I think that's why like, you know, I think it was telling and and this was from last year, but it was like Penridge for Educational uh, Liberty. Like they were at one meeting and it was just like, you know, like 90% of the authors that they were signaling out were black, right? Never mind. It was like Langston Hughes, you know, like James Baldwin, Amanda Gorman. Like these are the, the, these are the authors. Like these parents are, are outraged about having their kids exposed to. I mean, that, but they don't see horrible. color, Cyril. They don't see color. No, <laughs> right. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, it's true, you know, and it's like, and that's what they, and that's what they do, and it's to have that that space to kind of, you know, point this stuff out to is was awesome, and you know, one of the things that I'm, you know, uh, before we talk a little bit about where we see things going forward, what we're going to need to pay attention to, uh, what we kind of got on agendas um, coming up in 2023. Um, You know, one of the things that I also want to say I really appreciate what's happened in the Beacon is 
um, you know, for someone like me who's kind of out, kind of out here doing this pe- podcast, looking for folks that are um, doing good work. Um, the reporting that's been happening in the Beacon is like, you know, that's where that's one of my go tos, right? Because like I say, okay, look, to get reporting on the Beacon, oh, let me reach out to some of those folks, <laughs> right? Get them on the podcast to talk further about um, kind of what they were reporting on there. Because in my view, is like, you know, that's what it means about creating a kind of uh, a progressive media infrastructure structure in any place is that it's not just you have like one place that goes out and it has one article and then it goes away right but it's about keeping this kind of conversation going and have multiple kind of takes on this and kind of like letting other people know like where these people are how they're thinking about it um and you know that's how you create counter narratives right that's how you kind of make sure that you're building a movement is that you're having people making sure they feel valued and amplifying the work that's happening on the ground so you make sure it doesn't go disappeared into the ether yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one of the things like we're trying to kind of um, do is just bring in like different progressive voices within our reporting um, and, and, and introducing these voices, uh, you know, to our readership, whether it's folks from like the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, Common Cause, right, or, you know, just local folks in the community that are just doing work on the ground. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit about kind of where we go from here, right? So we had, I mean, 2022, I'll put it this way. I am very happy 2022 is coming to a close. And I know like, look, this is like a calendar year. It's an arbitrary kind of distinction that we make in terms of the way the year is broken up. Um, But nonetheless, right, um, I've always been a fan, I have to say, of the the kind of New Year's looking backward, looking forward kind of moment. It's always been a reflective part for me too. And uh, 2022 has been it's probably one of the harder years that I've have of late I mean harder than some of the thick of the pandemic um, just in terms of like things in my kind of immediate context I mean obviously there's lockdown and there's all that other kind of stuff that took place but um, it's just been a hard year um, in some ways and I think that the lead up to this midterm um, was amazing seeing the organizing that was going on um, and now I'm starting to look forward to 2023 and about, you know, both some of the challenges moving forward um, and some of the possibilities. Um, so I'm curious when you're looking ahead now and you're thinking things that we need to be paying attention to, things that you want to make sure the kind of beacon is going to be covering at this point. Obviously, we can't predict at all. Um, but some of the things that you're kind of looking forward to 2023 that both people are going to be paying attention to and you think folks at the beacon are going to be. Sure. Um, so I, I guess to start off with is that the Bucks County Beacon, um, you know, we're, we're, we have a budget for 2023. We're fully funded and we're going to be expanding um, our coverage as, as we have throughout the year. Um, we're going to bring in more reporters. We're still going to, you know, I still want to kind of like build on the local voices that we're including in our um, editorial and analysis pieces. Um, and, and what I'd like us to accomplish is to, you know, do more state house reporting, um, you know, because what's happening in Harrisburg is going to have a big impact, um, you know, on people's lives. And we're already seeing that happen with this kind of, I don't know if it's a coup in the house, of, you know, the state rep house. Um, it's a clown show coup. Yeah, I mean, it's the Republican Party, like, grasping onto power to try to literally um, preserve minority rule 
right? And, and I think like their end game is these constitutional amendments um, that covers everything from um, potentially banning abortion throughout the state, making it unconstitutional to like raising the you know voting age, um, which has been you know largely under the radar of, of some reporting. Um, for me, though, like the huge issue, it, it, it's got to be like all hands on deck for like these school board elections. Like yep. That's what everyone needs to kind of really focus and rally around. Um, and, you know, that's why like your project is so important about like, you know, helping kind of like, you know, counter the the. the the dark, either dark money or oligarch money of like, right. you know, uh, um, locally, um, because, you know, money matters, right? It matters in election. As much as you, you don't want it to, it makes an impact, right? Like, yep. you know, if we look at like why Fitzpatrick, you know, um, was able to defeat Ashley has um, at the clip that he did um, was because, I, I put it down to one money and, and, and two, unfortunately, like, you know, a lack of like critical um, reporting by the two local newspapers on Fitzpatrick's not so moderate record. Right. Um, and, you know, in, in addition to the school board, you know, there's going to be like local, like municipal elections that the Beacon's going to invest in and cover, you know, especially with like the county commissioners, um, you know, who've been stalked by, you know, three or four um, members of the far right consistently. So, you know, like they have them in in their crosshairs, Um, you know, and the Christian nationalist threats not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think the Christian national stuff is going to go on a bit of a slow burn for the next uh, few months, but then we're going to see it ramp right back up. I'll put money on that one. Um, what you also mentioned about the school boards too, I think is absolutely, is absolutely critical for, you know, for 2023. And, you know, you mentioned our, the, the, the pack that we put together, um, in partnership with level field, uh, um, the whole idea, you know, I had a couple of questions that were leading up to the midterms about asking if we were going to use any of the kind of money that had been donated for those midterm elections. And my response is no, no, because you know what, people are going to stop paying attention after 2020, uh, 2022, Right. Um, and the school board elections are coming up in 2023. Right. And I think that's where that's where the focus is, has been of what this pack is and making sure that we have resources early. Right. Now, let's be clear. Right. You know, we don't have billionaires that are kind of dropping in millions and millions of dollars into our little pack. Right. But the idea is that, you know, we can actually pool our resources, pool our money, just like we we're doing in kind of organizing and making sure that we're kind of, um, you know, helping out with some of the infrastructure stuff. Um, so it's one thing it's, you know, it's one. Th- and, and I'm sure everybody who's worked on candidate or candidate campaigns this past year knows this full well. Um, yes, donating to specific candidates is absolutely critical, but there's a whole infrastructure that happens underneath there. Right. Um, both in terms of advertising, both in terms of logistics and building out that infrastructure that generally gets short shrift when it comes to other, you know, outside parties kind of investing in organizations. So that's the kind of thing that we think we can have a, we can have a little bit of an impact on um, concentrating it for sure. The other thing that, you know, um, for for me, kind of coming out of my angle, I know that this is something that I'm going to be focusing on coming up in 2023. Um, as, as folks know, listen to this show. I work at Kutztown University. It's part of the state system of higher education. And ABSCUF is my union. Uh, we are in contract negotiations this year. Um, and there is widespread feeling, um, especially among union leadership, that we're, you know, 
they're coming for the state system, right? Um, in particular, the chancellor of the state system is going to do more to kind of take apart the state system and turn it into something that is kind of unrecognizable um, from what it used to be. So that's going to be something that's going to be critical for me to be paying attention to. Uh, we know that we've already seen the consolidation of six universities, state-owned uni universities, into two. Um, that's happened in both in the kind of northeast and the, and the, um, and, and the west. And this is going to be... Um, Really a problematic time um, to see what happens in public higher education in the States. You're going to hear me more about that. I also think, um, and this is something I've been trying to harp on um, on an almost weekly basis, I think we're going to start seeing the local attacks against teacher unions happening in our school districts. So I think we're going to need, um, you know, I know Amy Connect has been writing a little bit in the um, Bucks County Beacon about the Palisade School District. I think we're going to need to pay attention to what's happened to Palisade School District. We think we're going to need to pay attention to what's happened at Souderton School District and the Quakertown School District, um, even more than um, what we see in Penridge and uh, uh, Central Bucks, kind of expanding out the circle to see what's happening in these districts to, and start building, helping build those connections and facilitate those connections in our communities. I think those things are going to be really, really critical. Um, let's go there. And then I think is about highlighting, um, as you all have been doing amazing, amazing work on, the, um, the people that have been and continue to be building um, community-based organizations around Bucks County and the region. Um, so making sure that everyone in our community, your community, the kind of broader community is aware of each other, right? I think it's so important um, for the work that we're doing. No, absolutely. And I would include like Council Rock uh, School District in that as well. 100%. A, a big, uh, you know, controversy over, you know, there's some right-wing activists one of the to show um, this kind of like propaganda flick um, that accuses, you know, accuses teachers again. It's the same old kind of like, you know, tired, stale tax, but apparently this, this kind of contained traction, accusing them of being like Marxism. Like I watched the movie, it suggested that John Dewey was like a Soviet um, you know, the Department yeah. of Education was the result of like a communist conspiracy and that you know, teachers are teaching students X-rated sex acts. Like, the, you know, and, and this is something that they, they want to show the community. And, you know, sadly, again, it's something like the Courier Times kind of like sanitized and whitewashed to try to like make it a free speech issue. Like, oh, well, you can just, you know, they should have showed it and then just debated it, right? So, but they, you don't even like, give, you, you don't give something like that. Something, it, it was like, if the John Birch Society and QAnon produced a movie together, yep. like the, the, that's the essentially the crux of it. And you don't legitimize that, right? You don't even like that. that that's not even an argument to have. It's just insane, right? It's right. absurd. Um, and that's why I think, like you know, if, getting back to the election just for a second, it just you know, it's just about common sense and common decency, right? And just like letting like actual like professionals teachers, administrators, um, you know, set the policy, right, that are best for for kids and students and their education, right? You know, and obviously, like, you know, the, the pandemic had an impact. Of course it would, right? right? Um, but I, I think, like, you know, the, the far right kind of, like, used that as an opening to kind of just uh, provoke outrage and then just to kind of like recycle these, like these, you know, these same old arguments, right? That, that they, 
that we've heard since the Cold War with like the new like QAnon like kind of like grooming thing. Like, you know, I mean, even Satanism has like entered the conversation where like masking was supposedly a satanic ritual. And um, we have one school board member in Central Bucks School District who was complaining about actual demons walking among us, corrupting our children. This is blew my mind. Yeah, that that speech just blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it if this would be a bad B movie if it weren't our lives. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's how, that's how I really look at it. Um, I really look at it. Um, Well, listen, I know we're running up on time and then you've got, uh, you've got a kind of a, a busy little life you do (laughs) over there, Cyril, uh, in a very good way, uh, I think. But so are there other things that you want to kind of leave folks with um, before we kind of uh, wrap this one up for the, for the year? Yeah. I, I guess I would just thank everyone, right? Thank everyone for kind of like embracing the Bucks County Beacon, um, you know, as a progressive independent media project and for being part of it um, because we wouldn't have the success that we've had um, without the community kind of supporting us and, and being part of it. And I'm really excited about kind of, you know, where this takes us next year, um, with you also coming on to having like a greater role as we kind of like expand our podcasting um, and just seeing what we can build, not only in Bucks County, but, um, you know, hopefully statewide. 100%. Well, you know, Cyril didn't mention it, so I'm going to say there's a way that you can help support the Beacon directly, too, as well. You can help out on the Beaks, uh, BucksCountyBeacon.com slash support hyphen the hyphen Beacon. There's going to be a link in tonight's show notes. And there's a nice little button there. You can go right to that website. You can kind of uh, give 10 bucks a month. You click on that little button, 10 bucks a month. Or there's a little drop-down menu. You can start even at $5 a month. You want to become a monthly supporter. You become an annual supporter for starting at 25 bucks a year. Or or just a one-time supporter. You want to shoot him with donation. You got a little extra cash for whatever reason right now. You want to shoot him a little donation, say thank you. That's great. And look, uh, why not start sporting the gear? I'll say it, right? Um, they've got – I didn't even know this, Cyril, by the way, until like this past week. I've been like so busy. I haven't kind of gone to, like to like explore the site in a while. I'm like, oh, my God, you got swag. Look, you got merch, <laughs> right? So if you want to get your own uh, Bucks County gear, you want to get a beanie, you want to get a hat, you want to get a T-shirt, a mug, um, water bottle, you name it. You, know, you can head on over to the Bucks County Beacon, um, get it for yourself, get it for other folks in your community, and you can help spread the word that way too as well. Well, um, I mean, because I think in any way that we can support the work that you all are doing over there, I'm like, I am incredibly thankful for the work that you do. Um, amazed at what you've been able to do in such a short period of time. And I think that, you know, look, um, the work that the Beacon is doing is going to be all that much more essential as we move into 2023, uh, which promises to be, uh, you know, lots of fights at the state level and at the local level. Well, well thank you, Kevin. And, and thanks for your part in kind of helping us grow. Hey, I do what I can, man. <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, well, Cyril, listen, and I want to thank everybody who's uh, who's listening tonight, who's watching tonight live, everyone in our podcast community. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, 
to see this podcast also grow, um, to see the guests that we've been able to bring on. Um, I want to make sure everybody knows, I mentioned this on our Friday show too as well, that uh, I had a, a couple requests to have Alyssa Bowen back on the show. Um, you know, she's been on about three times now. Um, she works for uh, True North Research and um, she is coming on. Um, she will be, uh, we're going to start off 2023, uh, one of our first couple shows that we're going to have her on, talk about some of her recent work, again, focused on the dark money around school boards um, to kind of kick off 2023. So, and we've got a bunch of other stuff lined up, which we're really looking forward to. Um, as Cheryl mentioned, I'm going to be doing some more work with the Beacon, um, kind of, so look for more fun in podcasting kind of around here. But I really want to make sure I say thank you to all of our supporters, all the people that are out there kind of listening to us on a weekly basis, um, to our Twitter, our Twitter warriors who are always like tweeting out our shows, letting everybody know, um, getting that stuff out into the network. Um, thank you for those folks who have contributed to um, um, the pack that we're doing, Level Field. Um, and most you know, importantly, um, for folks that are sharing the work, right, um, that let us know when um, they like something that's happening here, they got suggestions about future shows. Um, it's been really incredible to be doing this, especially at a time where you've got an organization like the Bucks County Beacon um, really laying the groundwork for a really truly independent um, community-based um, um, publication. So there it is. So Cyril, man, I wish you all the best for the holidays and for the new year. And uh, I look forward to see you on the flip side. Thanks you too, Kevin. And happy holidays and happy new year, everyone. There it is, everybody. Uh, have yourself an awesome holiday season. I know that some folks are already in the midst of Hanukkah. We've got Christmas coming up, Kwanzaa, and the New Year, and so much more. And we got a couple days away for the solstice, too, as well. So it's that time of year. You know, uh, this would be actually be midwinter celebration if you're interested in D&D &D stuff, too, by the way. Just, just letting you know, everybody. <laughs> so anybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. I want to thank you so much for all the work that you have been doing in our communities. Um, to help uh, bring the sane into something that is a little bit topsy-turvy. If you get a chance, head on over to the buckscountybeacon.com slash support hyphen the hyphen beacon um, and become a contributor, become a supporter, um, be a one-time supporter, pick up some merch. Um, appreciate it. And if you want to help support this show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress and become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. All right, everybody, we are heading out of here into the holiday season. Uh, I'll see you again on Friday, but then after that, we're done for 2022. Gonna put this year to bed. All right, everybody, lots of love, lots of support. See ya!